This episode of Missy Unfiltered is brought to you by Pizza Rock Las Vegas. are sick, fucked up and complicated. We are chaos. We can't be cured. Wise words from the great Marilyn Manson. If you haven't listened to his new album yet, it's fucking incredible. But to talk seriously about mental health, the taboo and the struggles, is the diagnosis of a mental health disorder a cop-out or an excuse for somebody's actions? For most of them, they can't be cured with medication, only learning to manage them. Is that why we're so afraid to talk about it? Social anxiety is a real thing. I myself suffer from this and it's gotten worse for me over the years. One symptom that got really bad and made me more aware of it was blushing. First, let me say that I was on the speech team in high school and I was fucking good, okay? One of my best friends and I dominated in our category senior year and we took second and third place in the state. We performed 10 minute speeches in the oratorical category and every week her and I would bounce back and forth between first and second at all of the local competitions. I never had a problem talking in front of people. At the high school basketball games, I'd announce all of the players on the microphone and then I would introduce her because she sang the national anthem before every home game. Talking in front of people was my thing, (laughs) okay? Being the center of attention was my thing. Fast forward many years later to Vegas and living this nonstop life of just being judged and talked at by wealthy men, customers when I was a server, and auditioning for jobs and not being good enough. Auditions in Las Vegas nightclub and beach club industry are probably the most horrible experience as a female. You know, you, you come out in a bikini, they stare at you, barely ask you any questions, and then you don't get a call back. And it's really depressing. But I feel like this city and all of its ways of just making you feel like shit, you know, it's, it's definitely taken a toll on me. You know, this was like my beginning few, you know, first few years here. But when I became a manager at Dre's, you know, I knew that as a 25 year old female that looked like I could still be cocktailing, I wouldn't get the respect from everyone. You know, my first day of orientation, my first time meeting most of my new staff, I had to get on the microphone and introduce myself as their boss. And I could feel like the heat rising up my neck and onto my face. And I was certain that I was a tomato shade of red. And I thought of everyone seeing how nervous I was and that just made me even more anxious. I could feel 300 sets of eyes staring at me and just imagining what horrible things that they could have been thinking. Like, oh great, a female boss. I've heard horror stories about female managers in the nightclub industry because they all have the stereotype as being too old or too ugly to cocktail. So they're just mean to all the younger and hotter girls. You know, I never wanted to live up to that stereotype, you know, and all this went through my head as the microphone was being passed from manager to manager. You know, this one was a GM here or this one was a director there. And here I am (laughs) fresh out of my cocktail boots and into this button up blouse. Not very flattering. But when training began, I tried my best to be open to suggestions and ideas from the staff because a lot of them were older than me and have worked in some of the best clubs in the country. And it was when two of the Miami transplants told me that they thought I was just a lead waitress and they refused to listen to any directive I gave. I knew my job wasn't going to be easy. You know, for a really long time, my staff was over 55 girls. You know, some were my age and, you know, it took a long time for me to accept, 
you know, my position of authority and be their boss, not their friend, you know, and I think it took them a long time to accept that too, you know, but to circle back to like my anxiety, I think it got progressively worse when I was, you know, letting people go on 90 day probationary release or when I started writing people up for job performance, like that one-on-one confrontation was really hard for me in the beginning. I don't do well with confrontation, you know, but as a manager, you have to stand your ground enough that you're respected, but also not raise your voice and scream like a psychopath. I notice my anxiety gets bad when I'm around a lot of people that I don't know or people that I don't know how to act around. My defense mechanism has always been like this way of just making poorly timed jokes to break the ice, but then I realize I'm kind of acting like a dick and then I get uncomfortable and anxious. And in Vegas, it's very common to be around a lot of the same industry, beach club industry, nightclub industry, people that you've met 15 times and they either pretend like they don't know you or they don't care to know you. So that's where I struggle is because I don't know if I should say hello and like introduce myself again or if I should just sit quietly and look at my phone. But then I get this like anxiety thinking that I look like a bitch for not being friendly. And I know with anxiety, it comes like these irrational thoughts because in reality, no one cares or maybe no one notices if I'm turning beet red (laughs) or people don't really care if I'm saying hello to them or not, right? Like it's not like those early like 2000s teen movies where people whisper and point at you or something. But my anxiety has gone to the extreme place of having panic attacks. But surprisingly, I haven't had any since I've been off work. Pretty weird, huh? But anxiety is manageable. You know, what about these other extreme disorders like depression, bipolar, PTSD? You know, we all know someone who suffers from one of these, but is it possible that we don't know it? You know, too many people are worried about what others may think if they say they're bipolar. You know, I've seen what depression does to people. Someone I'm very close with suffers from PTSD from childhood abuse. You know, one of my favorite quotes has always been, what hardens the egg softens the potato. It's not the circumstance, but what you're made of. And I think, you know, that's not a way to like put someone down saying that they're not as strong as someone else in dealing with their issues. It's, it's just to say that like everything affects everyone differently. Two people could have both been sexually abused as a child and one person might go on to use drugs to cope and others might go on to be a youth counselor or something. You know, it's going to boil down to what you do with your situation. (laughs) Boil down, egg, potato, never mind. Um, (laughs) I don't know what it's like to be diagnosed as depressed. You know, I, I can't say that I've had days where like I'm so low, I don't even know how to get out of bed. You guys know this. I've talked about this many times. You know, days where I'm just numb and lifeless. And I couldn't imagine how someone can wake up every day and feel like that. Or, you know, to think that you have no other option but to take your own life. But what I do know is that no matter who you are or what you've done, someone somewhere cares to listen to what you have to say. Someone wants you to get better. You know, maybe my anxiety is nothing compared to depression or bipolar, but I know that no matter what I do, it's not something I can fix, but something I have to accept and live with and manage. So no, I can't sit here and say, you know, it's going to be okay. Just flip a switch and feel better. But I can say that we need to be more aware of these big or small disorders and be more open to your family and friends that may suffer from them. You know, it all circles back to spreading love and being kind. So on the flip side, since I just had this conversation yesterday with a friend um, where he's from, there aren't so many disorders or at least people aren't so public with them or they don't use their disorders as an excuse, you know, from what he says. Um, When I explained to him that I I feel like I have social anxiety, he said, well, it just kind of sounds like you're shy. I was like, yeah, I guess, but I never used to be like this. Now it seems like I can't even have a conversation with someone without like turning beet red. And he's like, well, it sounds like you just get embarrassed. Well, 
yeah, I guess. So like, is that the case? Am I just self-diagnosing social anxiety when in reality I'm just shy? Maybe. But what about PTSD? You can't tell me that concert goers and first responders from one October are using that horrific experience as an excuse. You know, clearly my feeling anxious about meeting one person isn't comparable to the fear that these people have of a large gathering or a concert. You know, my best friend in Ohio, she diagnoses people for a living. You uh, may remember her from episode three, Borderline. And all the people that she deals with have childhood trauma, abandonment issues, sexual assault issues, whatever. You know, I don't think these disorders come out of thin air. But no matter what disorder you have or what you've gone through, you're not alone. (laughs) So many people have come from a broken home or had an abusive parent or suffered from some type of trauma. And all I ever preach is to connect with people and be open to a friend wanting to share something that deep with you or confide in you with these things. You know, if you're a parent, you have to keep an eye out for your kids bullying or being bullied. You know, those types of things growing up can be the start of someone growing up to suffer some kind of disorder, you know, and as always, uh, honestly, just be fucking kind. You can hit me when it's up, but what's up? You can hit me when it's up, but what's up? You can hit me when it's up, but what's up?